Hello and welcome to I Don't Know The Podcast, episode 64, Shit Gurus number 2, David Avocado Wolf. David Avocado Wolf is an American author and conspiracy theorist who promotes a number of pseudosciences like raw food, alternative medicine and vaccine denialism. He's also one of the most ubiquitous public figures on Facebook. If you've seen some dumb meme about natural medicines, it probably came from him. And he's done pretty well for himself. He calls himself the world's richest hippie and the rock star Indiana Jones of the superfood world. Others call him the world's most dangerous snake oil salesman. I mean, they can't both be right, can they? Hmm, actually, now I think about it, they can both be right. But that doesn't matter right now. Just keep listening to find out what this asshole is all about. David Avocado Wolf is not his real name, it's just David Wolf. At the age of 18, young David became intolerant to dairy and he stopped consuming it, and that led to him researching alternative diets. By the age of 24, David was now on an organic raw food diet and created the company Nature's First Law. By 2005, the company was bringing in over $6 million annually. David also started a company called Sacred Chocolate that sells magic chocolate or some shit. Then, in 2009, the company New Horizons Health was started, which ran websites and social media pages using David as a celebrity spokesman. He also became a spokesman for Nutribullet, a kind of blender that can double as a vibrator. His website sells many, many things like activated charcoal and something called detoxidine. And these things aren't cheap. He also sells online courses and expensive retreats. He's basically what Gwyneth Paltrow probably wanks about with one of her crystal dildos. None of this sounds too bad so far, but we haven't even scratched the surface yet. David claims to have many degrees he even claims to have attended Oxford University, which is half true. He did go there and attended a two-day course called The Origins of Metaphysics in Pre-Socratic Philosophy, which was open to anyone who paid the fee. The trouble with this guy is that, despite not being a doctor, he likes to give out lots of medical advice, advising people to take apple cider vinegar for kidney stones and even worse, even dissuading people from taking their prescribed treatments and replacing them with his bullshit. People like David go and they find the information and bring it to the people. You don't realize the knowledge we've lost.
that we don't really live in a scientific world, we live in a scientismic world. Especially in your, it's in your fat tissue, it has to go into your fat tissue, you're, like in your butt. That tastes like Hawaii. There's a lot of David Wolf stuff out there. He gets interviewed a lot by just about every New Age YouTube channel and podcast there is. And the trouble is with these New Age people is that they don't half ramble on a lot. Some of the videos run over two hours and there's no way I'm going to watch that. But I found a few that are shorter and we'll start with one of those. For some reason there's some crap music over the top at the, at the beginning, but it does disappear eventually. Awesome. Awesome to be here with you, Sky. Yeah, we were just in Hawaii. Yes. And uh, what's life been like after Hawaii? I came back from Hawaii and went to California, Miami, Colorado. For someone who boasts of a new age lifestyle, his carbon footprint with all that flying must be huge. And then San Francisco and I got a message from Carlos Santana and his wife, Cindy Santana. And they, they wanted us to come down to Las Vegas. They want to talk about a shaman's conference that they want to host in Las Vegas. Nice name drop there. I hate name droppers. I was just saying that to Elijah Wood the other day. We, we met with the Santanas and, and we had a wonderful time. What wonderful people. I mean, absolutely the best people ever. That's and, amazing. And then, uh, yeah. and then we went to the show. So uh, basically the best ever. It was the best ever. I mean, that's what I love about this guy is uh, <laughs> life is always the best ever. And when it's not the best ever, it's the best ever by far. Incidentally, the best day ever is the name of David's online health magazine. But, um, you know, we also want to get into some cutting edge health and wellness stuff because this guy brings it. And, uh, you know, we should just do things right here. I mean, yeah, let's uh, get some chocolate. Yeah, on. Let's get some chocolate because. Uh, and I see these, you got beans, you got freshly dried beans. This is something for that, the, that the people, the folks at home should see. This is, you know, freshly dried cacao nuts. Cacao nuts. He seems to bring these everywhere with him. Maybe because he runs a raw chocolate company and also happens to have a cacao farm in Hawaii. You know, just imagine if I came to you every day and I said, oh, here's almond powder, here's almond butter, here's almond oil. And then one day I actually came up with an almond. You know what I mean? Like 20 years later, here's your actual almond. That's, That's kind of what things are like with chocolate. It's like, this is the actual food that all chocolate, you get the idea. And so just to have access to the original and tune into what this, what it really is. Sure, not many people have eaten cacao nuts. I've never eaten one. Maybe because chocolate made from them tastes better than just the nut. I mean, I like sausages too, but I'm not going to eat pig lips and anus before they've been processed. That tastes like Hawaii. Yeah, I researched with cacao and also learning from you. Whenever there was an incredible event, um, a wedding, uh, you know, something special going on, they initiated it with, with chocolate. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to open one of our CBD bars here and, um, and we'll initiate this correctly. Oh, I'm a, let's, can we show that to everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just see that whole bar. Look at that. You guys can see. Yeah, there you can. You can pick up the relief on this chocolate bar. This guy can appreciate chocolate. I mean, you, you have to understand. Has this just turned into a QVC show? Makuna and chocolate have been eaten together for longer than chocolate and vanilla have been eaten together. Makuna is like your ultimate anti-stimulant. So if you have a stimulant like chocolate or coffee, you want something in there that's going to balance it off. Mm -hmm. 
Just like taking a quaalude after you've used too much cocaine. Um, so a friend told me. Real popular today is this idea of having your coffee with MCT oil, oh, right? right? Or coconut oil. Ugh. And why is that? Well, it's just it just softens the blow of the stimulants. But really, if you wanted to get real herbal about it, we always want something in that coffee or in the chocolate or in our hot chocolate that's an anti-stimulant that's going to actually have the exact opposite effect so you don't get too stimulated, too jilted, you don't get too much of a rush, you don't get too much of a, of a you know, head spin. I don't put anything in my coffee. I drink it because I need the stimulation it gives me. And that substance had been Makuna in the Amazon for 10,000 years. And that's what they traditionally mix with chocolate. With, and vanilla came along later. Now I grew all three of those together. Oh man! Vanilla, macuna, and cacao. All, well, they grow, we got some together. vanilla vine growing on some of the cacao. But nice. It's, it's amazing the cacao shamans knew what they knew because right? we don't realize what we've lost. Mm -hmm. We don't realize the knowledge we've lost. I have a feeling that if his farm grew, say, potatoes, he'd be saying exactly the same thing about them. But we can regain it quickly. That's the thing. That's the thing about the modern age. We can get it back fast because our book learning allows us to have accelerated learning. Book learning? The only other time I've heard someone say book learning is Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. People like David go and they find the information and they bring it to the people. I wish he wouldn't. I know that uh, you, you've helped thousands and thousands of people um, with, with their health and wellness. And you started with a lot of these superfoods and nutrient-dense foods and, and getting people onto the consciousness that the sun is coming through. Actually, your company was named Sun Foods. Yeah. Because it's sun energy that the plants transform and give us exactly what we need. Now, that's, that's pretty amazing. It's not really that amazing. It's just how things grow. It's what every farmer and gardener does. And now you've actually transformed, changed into getting the body, getting the message out that we need to detox more because that just allows more nutrients in. Is that the main? That's the main idea. It's actually detoxification. We live in a toxic world. There are two types of detox. One is the treatment of people with substance abuse. The other is the bullshit idea that eating or drinking certain things rids you of toxins that somehow accumulate in your body. If toxins did build up in your body in a way that can't be excreted, you would die. Luckily, we have kidneys and a liver that are constantly working to rid ourselves of these toxins. I was reading right before I came in the room here today, I was reading that Xanax is in 70% of the blood donated today. I was like, are you kidding? This is Newsweek magazine. That just sounds like a bonus to me. Xanax? I mean... It's like our water system filled with all pharma, the... Pharma yeah, pharmaceuticals and drugs. I mean, like, the water system in, in London is filled with heroin, cocaine, every drug, that every recreational drug you can think of. I live in London, and I'm pretty sure that there are not large amounts of heroin in my water. He must be thinking of Scotland. We live in a toxic world. I mean, that's just... You know, we're in L.A. right now. You go out on this highway right here, you're breathing in brake dust, you're breathing in automobile exhaust. These are some of the worst carcinogens going. So we don't, we, it's so normal to us, we don't think about it. So my recommendation is, is first step, you want to get healthy, even if you are already, already healthy, you want to start thinking about detoxification because the research on detoxification in animals is conclusive. 
it isn't. Animals that regularly detoxify themselves, for example, that are fed activated charcoal regularly, mm -hmm. live longer, and they live substantially longer. In fact, they live longer than if you fed them superfoods. Nobody's giving animals activated charcoal. But David does sell it on his website for $63 for 50 milliliters. I always knew about activated charcoal, and I'd take it if, you know, if you, took, you ate something and, you know, you're at some, like, raw food restaurant or something, and, you know, it's obviously not cooked, so there could be a bacteria in there, and you're thinking, you know, something's not sitting right. You take the activated charcoal, and it just stops it. That's two things I'm never going to do. Right, that's the whole thing about activated charcoal. It was charcoal. always something we did out of, uh, you know, if you have an emergency, if you're starting to feel bad, if you drank something, uh -huh. ate something bad, you're like, oh, the charcoal, why don't it? Because it absorbs all the stuff, but uh, it does a lot more than that. Uh -huh. In the 19th century, charcoal tablets were sold to relieve flatulence. And it can be used for gastrointestinal issues, but that's all. They go on to talk about activated charcoal for a very long time. They say it will make your dog live longer and improve your rowing somehow. Then they bang on about olive oil for ages, saying you should only get your olive oil from a farm because the big olive oil producers cut it with shitty oil, like canola and sunflower oil, and that can really fuck you up. Here's what it does. It, it interferes with your cell membranes and also your brain and your eyes and all the oily tissues of your body. Well, I don't want my eyes and brain and membranes messed about with, but what can I do? There aren't any olive farms in South London. So that membrane needs to be in integrous. It needs to be healthy and happy. And when we have these canola oils, safflower oils, polyunsaturated oils, soy oils, corn oils, it makes those, those membranes either too porous or too gooey. Ugh, gooey membranes? They continue to talk about oils for far longer than any sane person should. But it did provide this quote that amused my poor, bored, childish mind. In olive oil, it slips in. It turns out David gets his very specific olive oil from a farm in Greece, which brings a very weird story from him. I know the family. You got some Greek in you? I'm, I, I'm sure I have some ancient Greek in me, yeah, for we, sure. Yeah, we've had lifetimes there. I've been yeah. Greek Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can tell just by... You know, years when I was a kid, and we were reading the Iliad in seventh grade, oh, yeah. and I remember looking at the Lattimore translation, and uh, and there on the cover was you know one of the ancient Greek statues or something like that. I kept looking at that, I kept thinking, I've never seen people don't like look like that anymore. Mm. And so I said to my my teacher one day, Mr. Born Traeger, I remember him, and I said, Who looks like that? And he said, You look like that. Oh. Oh, ho, 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 indeed, because let me tell you something. Despite his ultra-healthy lifestyle, David Avocado Wolf does not look like those depicted in ancient Greek artwork. And even if he did have a teacher called Mr. Bum Trader, that teacher should not be telling seventh graders that they have the body of an ancient Greek. And yeah. at that moment, I got the whole download. Wow. Right at that moment, wow. seventh grade, you were like, I believe in past lives. Of course you do. Somehow we've gone from olive oil to getting a full download from Mr. Bum Trader on past lives. Yeah, you know, and, and our audience, of course, is tuned in with that. And I mean, any psychic reading I've had, they've always said you've had some, you know, talk about the Greek lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we're, we have, uh, I have Polish, Russian, Jewish lineage, and you're Jewish as well. And it's like, 
that's our physical lineage, but then uh, our spiritual lineage goes back. I know for me, from the, the Greek, but also India, the Essenes, we were probably there. Yeah, we're sure, definitely, I'm sure we were there, you and I together. We were Essenes in a past life. We were definitely Greeks in a past life. Are they flirting with each other? And, uh, and when I read the, the works of the Greeks, I feel like that was my race of people, mm. right? They, like, it's like, whoa, that's my, those are my people. That's, that's how I feel about it. I'm sure David's Jewish parents are so happy to hear that. Spiritually, we come from that place. So it's not like eat to your blood type anymore. It's like eat to your, your soul type. Your soul type. Yeah. Like that. What, so I wasted all that money on 23andMe? But thankfully, the past life conversation stops there before David can claim that he was Socrates, or they, and they start talking about charcoal and carbon for a very long time. And you have a charcoal product. Yes. And what's it called? Coal lighter. Where did you get that name from? Okay, so that name comes from the history of charcoal eaters in Scandinavian mythology. And that, that's a neat, that's another thing too. I definitely had some Viking past lives or something right. like that because I, you know, I've, I've been to Iceland. I've been going to Iceland for over it. 20 years. Yeah. I've been to Denmark and I'm not a fucking Viking. I mean, I lived in Hong Kong for five years and I didn't even pick up the accent. The coal lighter has to do with Scandinavian mythology in that there was always a runt in the litter. You know, there's always a kid in the family. Like, you know, you have five kids, you're trying to survive. You're in Iceland, it's freezing cold. You know, this is a five thousand years ago. And uh, you, you, you're trying to survive and you're, you're, you have one kid in the family. It's like, oh, I can't go outside. It's too cold. It's too freezing, whatever. And that kid would be the kid who would stay home and tend the fire. That's not the runt of the litter. That's the smartest person in the whole family. And the coal biter or the kid who would be the runt of the litter from, like, say, age seven and could, With the K, could manage coal it. Biter. Coal biter. Yeah, K-O-H-L-B-I-T-R. That's the Icelandic spelling. Coal biter. Coal biter. Coal biter. I'm sure the Icelandics enjoy it when Americans mock their accent. They, they would manage the fire and then nibble on the piece of charcoal, birch or willow charcoal in this case, uh, at the edges of the fire throughout their, from seven years old, eight years old, nine years old, 10 years old, until they were about 14. And then by the time they were 14, that child would go through a startling metamorphosis and would become the most capable, the most resilient, the toughest. Well, I already said he was the smartest. You just assumed he was the runt. I cut a lot of that out, but... That was a whole five minutes just to explain the name of his shitty expensive charcoal product. But with that overly long free commercial done, we get on to David's incredible travels. Look, you know, all of your journeys all over the world, I mean, you, you come across some really interesting people. And uh, I think one of the most interesting people I definitely want to share with these guys is Yuri Geller. I've traveled around the world quite a lot and I've met a lot of interesting people, but I'm not sure I'd admit to meeting the world-famous spoonbender Yuri Geller. And to put that into context, I have no qualms about telling people about the time I met Ron Jeremy. Oh, interesting. Can, can yeah. you just share a little bit of your spoonbending experience with Yuri Geller, because uh, maybe give a little background on him? Oh, fantastic. Okay, Yuri Geller, you may know him as the spoonbender. That's not what I call him. From, I, I first became aware of him in 1975, probably, through some of the television programs that we were watching that showed his amazing psych, psychokinetic abilities, I think, is when you can bend objects with your mind or move objects with your mind. He obviously never saw his appearance on Johnny Carson, as reported in episode 15 of this podcast. 
and uh, and just all those you know of course you get the people say it's all a hoax it's a magic trick but something as a kid I was like no this is legit this is real I need to research this so eventually I tracked down the um, it's at this point in the interview that the sound quality suddenly changes for the better I don't know if they turned on another mic or were only editing the last 15 minutes but it's a bit of a pain in the ass for me since I have a lot more work to do to just to make the levels vaguely sound the same. Jeez, I, I tracked down the books. I think that was where it started. And I got into Yuri Geller's books that were at Eden Hot Springs. This is about 20 years ago. Eden Hot Springs is an expensive hippie retreat in Arizona, frequented by people that mostly look like pervy guys with man buns. And I thought, okay, I'm going to get into this. And, and then one night, so I was, got really into reading his stuff and all, you know, what he was about and his history. And Andrea Puharich, who studied him intensively, and Andrea Puharich was an amazing, famous scientist and researcher who invented the, what was the, the cage, the Faraday cage. Oh, wow. Right. That was Andrea Puharich. Right. It wasn't. It was invented by, as the name would suggest, Michael Faraday who observed that the excess charge on the charged conductor resided only on its exterior and had no influence on anything closed within. And that's why it's called the Faraday cage. It's not called Yuri Geller's buddy's cage. So anyway, one night I'm reading his, in his book and he says, he says, sometimes when people are watching me on TV or they're listening to me talk or they're even reading the words that I've written, they will sometimes take on the abilities that I have and metal will bend right in front of them wherever they are in the world. At that exact moment, a, a trap in the other room goes off, like a big rat trap that I had. And I was like, oh, good, I got that rat. I've noticed that the world's richest hippie fucking hates animals. Right? And I go out there the next day and the, the mechanism was bent and there was no rat in there. And I was like, oh, come on. This can't, can't be. What? Wow, I didn't know that. So that was, it. that was one of those things that got me really thinking. And I was like, this is, this is interesting. Far be it for me to question the veracity of his story, but since it started with him claiming his friend invented something that was actually invented in 1836, it sounds like a bullshit tale. And let's face it, if it involves Yuri Geller, it probably is a bullshit tale. Anyway, so as I got deeper into it, I started realizing that it's real. It's been real. I mean, Yuri Geller has, has under controlled scientific conditions, guessed three-digit numbers out of people's minds, a hundred people in a row correct, under controlled scientific conditions. I very much doubt this. Geller has shied away from controlled experiments his whole life. The late, great James Randi even offered to test Geller's claims and give him a million dollars. But he never took it up. Accurate, a hundred times in a row. Mm. Very scientifically documented as well. I mean. That's the thing. See, we don't really live in a scientific world. We live in a scientismic world. A what now? A scientismic world. Okay. Where if the science doesn't go the direction that they want it to with the materialism and the materialist outcome, they go, uh, we're just going to get rid of this. That's not what scientists do. The scientific method for when results don't come out as expected would be for more research and more experimentation to further understand the outcome. It's pricks like David that ignore evidence that they don't like. They talk a bit more about shitting all over scientific theory and then talk more about Geller without any hint of irony. You know, uh, let me tell you what happened when I finally got to Yuri Geller's house. So, you know, we'd been in touch and 
eventually got in touch with him and, and uh, I was like, oh, I'd love to come meet you. And so he's like, next time you're in Heathrow, come come out to my house. So this, he was living outside of London. He lives in Tel Aviv now. But he was living outside of uh, London near Heathrow Airport. So I went over his house and I'm um, hanging out with him and I gave him all my books. He gave me all his books. We we're just having a wonderful time. He's been a vegetarian since 1970. I don't even know why he mentions that. His conversations just go from tangent to tangent. He's like a seven-year-old on meth. I've been a vegetarian 31 years. He's been a vegetarian for 50 years. Wow. That's pretty epic. Can you still call yourself a vegetarian if you're setting rat traps around the house? He says that he is uh, connected, and, and you guys will appreciate this, uh, he's connected with a, some type of extraterrestrial craft or beings that um, he said it's not him that does these things, it's, uh, it's them, and they're kind of just working through him. So it's aliens destroying our cutlery and not Geller? So, so what happened at his house? Okay, so we're at his house and... and uh... I'll save you the pain of this. Basically, Geller does the old, you draw something and I'll draw it physically without looking trick. Except it takes him six whole minutes to explain this. We've seen Geller do it a million times and we've seen guys on America's Got Talent and Britain's Got Talent do it far better. And for someone who claims to be a conduit for aliens, it's a pretty shitty demonstration. And at this point, I got sick and tired of this two-man circle jerk of an interview, especially since now they're jacking each other off over Yuri Geller. But what we've heard from him so far is actually quite light. As you know, a lot of these new age health gurus come out of the woodwork lately to tell everyone that they know better than doctors and scientists regarding your health. And David is no different. I, I have known there's been problems with vaccines my whole life because of my dad. Uh, I got a last vaccine I got was when I was seven years old and I knew something was wrong and I was like, that's it, no more. And I actually rejected all needles completely from that point on the rest of my life until, you know, I get into like a stem Stem cell cell, thing or whatever. So at the age of seven, David had concerns about vaccines. Personally, at the age of seven, I was concerned with which crayon I should shove up my nose. Um, so, you know, Dell broke that story that, hey, there's problems here. We need to look at these problems. And, of course, the monopoly control goes, we're not looking at any problems. There are no problems. CDC says there's no problem. But meanwhile, we all know from the research, there is a problem. I don't think people at the CDC really talk like that. But the expert in vaccines, since he was seven, says there was a problem. So what are they? And this type of problem, by the way, when... You know, you have, when you're injecting kids and you're injuring kids, that to me is a very serious problem. Injuring children? My daughter's had two shots and wasn't hurt once. What the hell is he talking about? And I have taken massive flack, massive amounts of attacks. I mean, that's why I get trolled on, mostly vaccines. And uh, because I question the vaccine theory and I I question the vaccine efficacy and I know there is, I know from experience, because I worked with Dr. Hitt in Tijuana for 10 years, there's a better technology, which is ozone. My advice to David is that if you don't want to get trolled so much, then don't talk so much shit. But we've gotten to ozone. David claims that ozone will cure everything and give you immunity to everything. It may come as no surprise that he sells ozone machines and ozonated products on his website. We're trying to control infectious diseases. That's, we all want that. And how do we do that? Well, we can do that with vaccines. That's one option. And that works most of the time, as long as there's no chemicals, preservatives. Wait, now he's saying vaccines 
do work. However, there's a better theory, which is let's use oxygen to neutralize infectious diseases. Oxygen kills polio on contact. Oxygen kills the vaccinium group of bacteria on contact. This is some grade A bullshit. The reason polio is no longer around is because of vaccinations, not oxygen. And the reason polio is making a resurgence is because of assholes like David telling people not to get vaccinated for anything. You want to talk about a controversial vaccine, I'll tell you what Dr. Hitt did down there. They, someone would come in, just imagine what would happen after they've been cut, burned, poisoned. They've been through all the doctors, they've been through the whole system, all the chemicals, all the chemotherapy, everything. They finally are in a clinic in Tijuana. You'd be like, okay, first thing we're going to do is we're going to have you drink some water and then we're going to um, take your urine and we're going to give you a urine vaccine. Did I hear that right? A urine vaccine? And that's not even the worst thing he said. I'm not sure what this guy is trying to treat, but vaccines are usually preventative treatments. Of course, there are therapeutic vaccines. They exist, but not in common cancer treatments and certainly not involving vaccines. But, but at least now we know that the worst thing in Tijuana is not just the donkey show. A urine vaccine, right? Which is, by the way, the most powerful vaccine of all. And it's very effective at controlling cancer. Please do not inject yourself with urine if you have cancer. Or even if you don't have cancer, just never inject yourself or anyone else with urine. I think that's a good rule for life. And if you vaccinated yourself with your first clear urine each day, the midstream of it each day, as we did at Dr. Hitt's clinic under medical supervision, you don't have to do medical supervision. The way what we do is we teach people how to do it so they can do it at home. Oh, this is getting worse. What you're doing is you're taking all of those antigens, you know, right, or it was, it's antigens, I think, is the response to the antibodies that come out in your urine. And then as soon as you inject, inject that back into you, especially in your, it's in your fat tissue, it has to go into your fat tissue, you're, like in your butt. Oh, God. That's right. He's encouraging cancer patients to inject their own urine into their butt. I guess it could get worse. It could be someone else's urine. Of course, I know my listeners don't need me to tell them this is probably a bad idea, but this guy has followers who believe every word he says. This is very dangerous, but David doesn't like to be told no. He doesn't take criticism very well, as this guy found out. I recently found out that I was blocked on Twitter by David Wolf. I am not the kind of person that frequently calls out others. I hear you, Ben. A lot of the time it just creates more of an online feud rather than natural helpful discussion. Yep, insulting people without them having an opportunity to give their side is usually very unfair. I'm just going to talk you through how I got blocked, and you can be the jury. Back in December 2015, David Wolfe posted an article titled Two handfuls of cashews is the therapeutic equivalent of a prescription dose of Prozac. Now, I like cashew nuts. They're definitely in my top five nuts. But... I also like Prozac. It's in my top five of antidepressants. Can't I just have both? The caption of the article also includes the phrase, don't go nuts, eat some nuts. Very tasteful. It's not the most sympathetic headline, is it? If you know someone with severe depression that relies on Prozac, you will probably understand the potentially horrific ramifications of this type of advice. Alternatively, maybe someone has depression and they like the idea that there's a natural alternative to prescription pharmaceuticals. Either way, you would want to know that this potentially life-changing advice has some solid science behind it. Well, yes. Like, if you're 
considering injecting urine in your butt, you might want to look up some peer-reviewed study to see if it's a good idea. I haven't found one yet. So I clicked on the link to see the citation he used for this very specific claim. It sounds like Prozac was directly compared to cashew nuts, right? Unfortunately, rather than a research study, all he did was reference someone else's article. Not ideal. And what did this article say? One of my co-workers told me today that someone she knew told her that two handfuls of cashews will act on one's brain chemistry in the very same way that antidepressant medication will. Which is to say, it will allow you to feel, well, less depressed. It might be true that I will feel less depressed if I have some cashews compared to if I have no cashews. But the same could be said of macadamia nuts, which are probably higher than cashews in my top five, come to think of it. Not walnuts, though. In fact, with walnuts, I would probably be more depressed. They're difficult to get into, and the reward for eventually opening one just doesn't equal the effort. But I digress. Someone said something vague to their friend. Their friend told their co-worker. That got turned into an article, and that article got referenced by David Wolfe, making the specific claim that cashews are as powerful as Prozac. Long story short, in August 2017, he was talking about the scientific process on Twitter, and I took this opportunity to highlight his unfounded claims regarding cashews. He's not going to like that. And when called out on this dangerous advice, his response was to block me. See, I told you. And I would have been prepared to let this lie, but apparently he's reposted this article as recently as just three months ago. So even if you have a blanket phobia of all pharmaceuticals and absolutely love natural remedies, even if you adore David Wolf so much that you have his face tattooed across your back, we should all be able to agree that it isn't safe to fabricate or exaggerate medical claims based on evidence as weak as this. We need to do better. Absolutely, Ben. Now, I'm not saying David Avocado Wolf should be harassed on Twitter, but actually I am saying David Avocado Wolf should be definitely harassed on Twitter and anywhere else he happens to be. It'll be good for your well-being. Just like eating a handful of nuts. Episode 64 David Avocado Wolf The Epilogue So, what have we learnt this week? We learnt that David Wolf only buys the finest of olive oils and loves it. In olive oil, it slips in. We learnt that David Wolf is buddies with fraudulent spoon botherer Yuri Geller. Oh, interesting. Can, can you just share a little bit of your spoon bending experience with Yuri Geller? Because uh, maybe give a little background on him. Oh, fantastic. Okay, Yuri Geller, you may know him as the spoon bender. And we learnt that David Wolf is a dangerous quack who, not content with endangering health, also wants to humiliate people. He'd be like, okay, first thing we're going to do is we're going to have you drink some water and then we're going to um, take your urine and we're going to give you a urine vaccine. This was just a taster of the shit that David spouts out there. Among other things he believes are mushrooms are from outer space, deer antler is a cosmic substance, and chocolate is an octave of sun energy, whatever that means. He is also an evolution denialist, a flat earther, and a gravity denialist. That's right, he believes gravity is a toxin. And if you invert yourself, you can turn gravity into a cure for arthritis. Can he really believe all these things? 
Or is it just that he's found he can buy a mansion in Hawaii by selling charcoal and chocolate to gullible people? There's nothing wrong with that if you have no sense of right or wrong and are prepared to look like a big prick on Oprah. But like all these assholes, he goes too far and endangers people's lives with shit like urine injections for cancer patients. And possibly even worse than that is David has been accused of one of the worst crimes known to man. Stealing memes. Shame on you, David Wolf. Shame on you. Thank you to our new patrons who are Todd X, Sean Watson, Mike Henry of Bandology with Mike and John, Amelia Childs of Ghost Hunting in New England, and Jamie Miller of Surf City Bake Shop Huntington Beach. Also, thanks to our graphic designer, Raymond Rowell of Project Raven Creative. Thanks for listening and tune in again to find out what else I don't know. Things have been